first and foremost, I think I'd like to thank all of you for turning up and making this as successful as it is. And uh, secondly, I'd like to thank Trading Markets uh, to, uh, for providing me with this opportunity to uh, address, uh, address all of you and to give you a better perspective of uh, what I call day trading as well as position trading. Um, what I'm going to start with is uh, an introduction to what uh, position trading is. Uh, I will discuss day trading within it um, to give you a better perspective of what I look for and what I do personally. Um, I'll then run you through a few of the fundamentals um, that I consider are significant to day trading itself as well as position trading. And uh, I'm sure you're familiar with them, so uh, just bear with me. And if my accent sounds funny, just please <laughs> bear with me. Um, then uh, I think uh, after running through a few charts and giving you a better idea of what I'm talking about, um, you're welcome to, to ask any questions and I'll try and give it my best shot to answer them. Uh, by the way, just off the record, uh, it's, it's, it's really impressive to see a lot more women involved in this than uh, two, two years ago when I was at the uh, initial expo in Ontario, California. You could literally count up how many women there are, but it's, it's, it's encouraging. I like that. Um, good for you. Okay, position trading. Um, position trading is, uh, is, let's go with it, is, a, is, a, is an art of identifying an opportunity where one can profit through purchasing a stock or a security, uh, anything, uh, at a fundamental price level where you've done your technical research and identified an opportunity to get involved in a stock that you feel um, is oversold. It can be in any industry um, uh, you like, uh, technology, um, uh, oil, anything at all. Um, what you're looking for is uh, an opportunity for, thank you. Excuse me, thank you. Um, what you're looking for is ideally a price at which the stock is reached where you feel it's oversold and uh, try to establish a position. Um, you must allow yourself uh, certain, certain rules, um, certain disciplines, etc., and a buffer to try and trade this through using this technique. Um, there are risks involved. Um, as long as you succeed 75, 80% of the time, it's, it's extremely rewarding. As, uh, as uh, Eddie mentioned, my numbers reflect that. Um, it really gives you an opportunity to get involved in, in a stock aggressively and purchase uh, a significant, significant size relative to what you uh, trade with, um, with respect to your buying power. Um, but uh, there are rules, there are disciplines, there are conditions that must be fulfilled before you establish the position and they continue after you establish the position. And these rules must be established before you actually begin to take a position in the, in the stock. I try and break down trading or any form of trading into three, three fundamental pillars, and that's uh, focus, patience, and discipline. Um, I'll run you through what I define focus, patience, and discipline as, and uh, give you a, a brief uh, history of where I have both succeeded and failed in these three pillars, and uh, you know, step back up to, uh, to rebuild and to, to succeed at, uh, at day trading. But uh, let me just run you through it. This is just a little snapshot, keep, keep your attention. Um, okay, focus. Fo knowledge is power. Information is your key to 
any form of trading. And in today's market, information is the key to anything at all. Um, you want to begin by informing yourself of what stock you're going to get involved in. Um, have an idea of what price targets you're looking at, look at technicals, know the history of the stock, where it's come from, where you have an opinion of where it's going, the, uh, the fundamentals of the stock, its trading pattern, etc. You can obtain these, these pieces of information from any website, the charts, uh, any news service, etc. Just to look at how the stock has traded historically and uh, build some sort of a characteristic pattern of the stock. Um, you also want to be careful in that you want to identify not just the, the, the trading patterns, but you want to look at who's trying to identify who's buying and selling these stocks as they trade up and as they trade down. That's very important in today's market because um, a few people believe that the market is driven by the small investor. You'd be surprised at how powerful the institutional investor is as well. Um, uh, let's go on to uh, patience. Uh, timing is everything. Wait. Don't rush yourself. If you see your, your price target being reached, don't buy because it's being reached. Buy it when it is reached. Or look to get involved when you feel or you identify that the stock has had a drastic move down and an extended move down to that price target where you feel is a perfect price would be exaggerated. Then take an aggressive move to get involved. But until then, be very patient. And as you know, in the frenzy that the market's been going on, let alone the, the last uh, month and a half that we've seen a crazy downturn, um, you have to be patient. And in today's market, uh, timing is crucial. It is, it is whether you succeed or not. Um, and there's plenty of opportunity for that, plenty of uh, stocks to get involved in as well. Um, try, and, uh, try and identify uh, your price targets before you do get involved because uh, they're very important. And I'll be running through what I mean by price targets uh, as we go along through the presentation. Um, and don't, don't, don't let the stock entice you even if it, if it looks like it's drowning. Uh, the last one is discipline, uh, which is the, the key, I think it's the fundamental pillar of all the pillars, and that's, that's unique to every individual. Um, I've gone through traders, met traders who are the most disciplined traders, but yet when it comes to the trading environment and actually physically trading, it's, it, it, somehow the market just drowns you. So discipline is a key fundamental, not just a pillar, but uh, a characteristic that you must have as a person. And uh, incidentally, all three are very important characteristics that you must have as a person to trade successfully. Um, in my experience and in my uh, trading career, I've come across hundreds of traders and I could identify maybe 50% of them who I thought were not suitable to trade. And uh, some of them have succe succeeded and that's, that's great, but most of them have failed. And it's due to these little characteristics that build a, a successful trader. It's very often uh, that we talk about discipline, we talk about stocks going down and cutting your losses. That is a form of discipline, but a more important form of discipline is taking your profits when they go up, taking your sales and keeping winning trades winners, not letting a winning trade become a loser. Um, and that's where greed really overcomes you. Uh, try, to, try to keep everything into perspective. You're not out there to be the greatest trader out there. You're out there to succeed within your own little environment. Don't let the, uh, the whole million dollar, $10 million, $20 million engross you into, oh, this is a fantastic opportunity. 
to really make a lot of money, it has its risks as well. So step in and don't dive in. Um, uh, going on, how to identify a long position trading opportunity. Um, there are several uh, fundamentals that have to be encompassed and covered before you, uh, before you identify it. Um, I tend to look for a stock that, uh, that's beaten down on an intraday basis or over a five, ten day cycle that I feel uh, is, is a reasonably good stock in, in that I've done my research and looked into the fundamentals of the company. Uh, in today's market, you have to look at the fundamentals. And when I say today's market, I mean the last two months. Uh, four months ago, it didn't really matter. I don't think uh, a lot of um, evaluations or questions regarding valuations were surfaced. And uh, it's been very recent, as you've seen with the internet uh, stocks. A lot of them have, have collapsed because of their valuations being ridiculously high. And uh, they're still not profitable, at least most of them are. Uh, so be very careful in identifying the stocks you do want to trade. Um, stocks move drastically every day. So make sure you do your due diligence uh, before you do get involved in the stock. You want to always make sure that there is no news in the, in the stock. Now, I'm not sure what my colleague may have mentioned early on, Dave Quang, if you attended his seminar. But he looks aggressively for any form of a drastic turn in the stock, whether it be up or down, whether there be news or no news. I tend to, to stay away from news because you never know when the stock will get halted, as I'm sure some of you were watching the market in Emilex. Uh, everyone familiar with that? Roughly? Yeah. Well, they decided to halt it about 70 points lower. <laughs> Surprise. Um, so no news is good news. Um, you want to you wanna identify the characteristics of the stock, um, who the buyers, who the sellers are, what its intraday volume has been. Um, what its volatility, its highs and lows, the intraday trading ranges are. Those are important numbers because if you have a stock that has a, an intraday trading range of say one or two dollars and you get this drastic five dollar drop or five dollar rise and there's no news, that creates an opportunity. And uh, you step in and start looking at the additional characteristics of the stock to identify who's buying, who's selling, who's trying to drive the stock up. Is it uh, on a rumor? Is it on, uh, on facts? Any, any, any type of information you can get a hold of is crucial. And that's what I mean by focus. Um, the present market conditions. Uh, the present market, market conditions always dictate, no matter what, whether your stock reaches its price target or not. It's immaterial because the market as a whole is, is, is directional itself. Your stock could be the greatest stock out there, but if the market's going down, it will take that stock down. So let, market, let the market conditions dictate. and. Uh, if market conditions are unfavorable and your stock has reached its price target, don't be as aggressive to get involved. Uh, let the market conditions dictate that. Um, I'm sure you'll have questions regarding how to identify market conditions later on. And I think it's more of a, a Q&A session regarding that because there's a lot of information I could encompass in that. Um, what are the technical buying and selling prices that you're looking at? Set yourself these target prices. Um, based on what you see uh, in, in the charts and the historical patterns of the stock, the momentum, etc. Um, I will be coming to that when I say etc. so I can elaborate on it. Um, what is the downside risk relative to the upside potential? Um, well, the downside risk is based on what you've seen, the history of the stock. 
Where does the stock come from? Um, try and identify what its immediate history is. Not necessarily six to eight months, but its immediate two week or 10 day history to give you the opportunity to get involved and uh, establish, establish a, risk, uh, a risk model, if you like. And the risk is always a function of your financial situation and your buying power. Um, don't let yourself get engrossed or encompassed in this uh, situation where you're risking far greater than what you can really afford. And unfortunately, a lot of uh, traders are caught with uh, margin accounts and margin calls due to this exposure. So keep yourself uh, relative. You're not out there, like I said earlier, to make $10 million in one day. You're out there to make a consistent figure every single day for the next five years or whatever it is you decide is a good time for you to carry on trading. Um, as well as the upside, what is the upside potential? Define that. Don't, don't leave that undefined and just say to yourself, well, the stock is down 60% off its high. I'm going to start buying it and my upside is 60%. That's not discipline, that's not responsibility to yourself. So define your parameters and uh, uh, keep, them, keep them relative to where you sit financially. Um, and then identify a price target at which you feel you can accumulate a position. Now when I say accumulate a position, if you're trading, uh, I'm going to give you two sets. If you're trading with $100,000 and you're trading a $25 stock, then the maximum you can buy is 4,000 shares. You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket to start with. So assuming you're going to put in, say, one-third, say $30,000 um, into the stock, you're not going to go in and jump, jump in and start buying 500 shares. You're going to slowly establish a position. Just because by the time it reaches that price target, which is very typical, the stock simply ricochets right off that price target, and you can't really accumulate as many shares as that one, at that one price than you really want. And it's extremely, extremely competitive to buy as many shares as you can at that price. So, you know, it, it's a, again a function of which, what you're willing to risk. And I'll be going through this, uh, this buffer, if you like. Um, before I carry on, I just wanted to go into uh, my experience as far as focus, discipline, and uh, patience are. I, uh, as, as uh, Eddie mentioned earlier, I started off uh, at, uh, at Daytech Securities. And uh, I was there from, uh, I think it was 95 January through to uh, 97 May. And uh, I had my, my learning curve. The first six to eight months, uh, I was trying to figure out the market my own way, trying to bring some sort of logical explanation to how I can profit. It's not their way, it's my way. I want to do it my way. Believe me, it's their way. It only works their way. Um, so don't be stubborn. Uh, if it ain't broke, why fix it? That's a famous saying I learned in New York. So <laughs> keep going with it, you know. Um, after, after my experience at, uh, at Daytech, I moved to Tradescape. It was a starting company, great technology, and a good opportunity for me to step away and um, just personally make a change in my environment as far as trading. Uh, I started there in uh, 97 June. And uh, I was probably the second trader into Tradescape, which is now, incidentally, your largest, arguably your largest day trading, professional day trading outfit out there. It's, we have about 600 traders in our New York office alone, um, and uh, maybe another 250 uh, in remote offices around the U.S. Um, I, uh, in, that, uh, in that summer of uh, 97, June, July, August, I had incredible months. 
uh, relative to my buying power and where I was financially. And I thought I was on top of the world and I took more chances and more risks. And I became arrogant and very cocky. And 25, 26-year-old will do that. Um, it's just nature <laughs> to get out there. Uh, the, just looking across, I don't think there are very many 25, 26-year-olds. So you're all a lot more smarter than I am, I think, financially, you know, uh, calculating your risks, etc., on a day-to-day -day basis. Perhaps in the trading environment, I may be or may not be, but uh, I think you you got a heads up there, and that's important. Um, in uh, October of '97, I uh, I made the biggest mistake, which was putting 90% of my finances in one or two stocks. And in a span of uh, that month, I pretty much lost 80% of all my equity that I had built up from my days at Daytech as well. And that was purely because of arrogance, purely because of the lack of discipline, lack of getting out of my stocks when they're losers, taking my winners. I became very cocky and very, very aggressive. And that's something important you learn from. Um, I then decided to, uh, to take a break from trading. I went on you know, a little trip, a little vacation. It's always good. Um, and then I, uh, I came back in, uh, in January of 1998. Uh, uh, and uh, I decided I want to trade, but very, very, very lightly um, relative to what I was trading like. And I wanted to inform myself of the markets more, learn and actually watch the market. I'd, I'd go into the office and just watch the market see what market makers did when they loved the stock, see what they did when they hated the stock. And uh, it, you, you just learn so much more watching the market as a third person than as a trader or a market maker that you really learn to read the market and define what these market makers are looking for when they say, oh, we're looking towards the bottom right now. How do they pick 3,000 or 2,800 as a bottom? They know. They have the buying power. They have the capacity to accommodate a 200, 300 million dollar loss. We don't. So we just jump and piggyback with them. Um, I then uh, uh, decided to, to you know, write, write a few notes and my, uh, my uh, fiance uh, and my uh, sister encouraged me to write a book. And uh, I started writing the book, um, but every time I looked after two, three weeks, I saw another book pop out on the shelf on day trading and stuff. And I think there is a lot of literature out there. Um, I personally, I think it, there's, there's too much literature. And uh, I think some people are just getting engrossed by all this literature out there. Be selective. That's, that's my advice to you. Um, I then uh, was offered an opportunity to take Tradescape out to Boston and uh, manage an office there. And I took an office from uh, four traders who it, it started with, didn't know how to trade, couldn't, two of them couldn't type to save their, li to save their lives. Um, a year later, we had 34 traders, 95% profitable, 5% um, were probably learning or one of them left, etc. So it was a very good success rate. We had a good, uh, good experience in Boston. Uh, and then we decided, some of us decided to move back to New York, some of us decided to stay in Boston. I was one that decided to move, along with four, five other traders from my office, from the Boston office, who are now trading in New York. And uh, those four traders have returned anywhere between 1,000 to 1,500% on the year as well, and have 30-odd traders under them as a whole. Um, so in that year that I managed and trained and supervised them, I think I learned more of the market and how to read the market and trade the market than I did the entire time I was trading. And that was probably the 
biggest investment I could have made in, in the market. So coming back in January, I started day trading, strictly day trading, and uh, uh, got involved with position trading as I grew, grew in my financial uh, status, and uh, it proved even more successful um, until you know, today. But the reason why I tell you this little story is it's very important to understand that day trading is extremely risky. But if you maintain those three pillars that I talk about, the focus, the patience, and the discipline, now once again, I emphasize on that discipline, you can be successful, but there is, there is a risk involved. There is a time frame involved. And even my own personal experience, I think every trader out there, whether he's had a year of experience or 25 years, he somewhere along the line has gone through what I went through. Um, so just beware and, uh, and keep yourself informed uh, more than getting your feet wet both at the same time. <laughs> okay, uh, moving along. Um, when to look to establish a position. Uh, this is probably the trickiest part of, oh, whoops, did I do something there? Uh, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to it. Um, establishing a position is not, or identifying the opportunities is not, is not that easy. It's, uh, you, have to, you have to, like I said, identify your risks and your price targets. Um, make sure that there is no news on the stock. In the example, I know it's an extreme example I use as Emulex, but the news just kept pouring out and was terrible and just kept pouring out. That is not something that I would have recommended any trader to try and swing trade or position trade. Um, that's more uh, trying to catch falling nags, as my colleague Dave Klein put. It's, uh, it has its risks involved with it. Um, even if you look at the technicals or the fundamentals, you could have said Emilex had incredible support at $65, and you would have blown right through it because it got halted at $45. So it's, it's not worth your risk. Make sure there is no news on the stock. Uh, establish your, your buying price and, and make sure it's, it's approaching that target. It's not two or three dollars away before you feel you want to get involved. And that is discipline in itself because if you see the market turning and the stock turning up and it's still two dollars or a dollar off your price target, don't jump in. Maintain that discipline. There are 5,000 stocks on NASDAQ alone, let alone the New York as well, that you can pick from that present you with these opportunities. You only need two or three a day. To, to really be successful, so don't get over aggressive and jump and get involved. Um, ensure that the move downward is exaggerated, that it's, it's, it's not um, on, on relatively significant volume. Um, uh, again, I'll come to an example of a situation and I'm sure you'll all go back and, and look at the history of, of the stock and see what it did on that day. But uh, it, it, was, it was a great example that I'll come to. Um, Ensure that the market conditions are favorable. Like I said, market conditions dictate. So ensure that they are favorable and the market is looking better. It is looking like a buying opportunity, not in just the stock, but in the market itself. And that will get you more confidently involved in it. Um, make sure that the, the buyers begin to outweigh the sellers. After that exaggerated move down, I'm, I'm always assuming the long. So um, if anyone has questions regarding the short, we can address them uh, at the end of the session. Um, try and identify the, the buyers and sellers as early as possible in that exaggerated downward move. Um, I'm, I'm assuming, just, just a hold of hands of, how many of you trade using level two quotes? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, 
For those of you who don't, I, I, I really encourage you to, to look at some sort of uh, code service that provides you with that, because that information is crucial. Um, and it's not just informa information, it's actually learning and knowing how to interpret it that's 10 times more important than having the information itself, because the information itself can be devastating if you don't know how to read it. Um, so uh, ensure that, and, and using level two, you will be able to identify who the buyers and sellers are, at least roughly who the buyers and sellers are. And once you see this exaggerated downward move, you look for your price targets, you look for the volume, you look for the momentum, and identify an opportunity to get involved. And then provide yourself with, a, as, a, as I'll come along, is this, uh, this elastic buffer. Um, if, you, if you bear with me, I'm just... Um, like I mentioned earlier, that, that size depends on, on your own personal financial uh, goals and financial risk. But um, your, your stock is trading down. There's momentum downwards. It's exaggerated. You have to allow for a, what I call an elastic buffer, um, which is the difference between that price target and it actually penetrating that price target. Um, take, for example, your stock is a great buy at $30 because it's had historic uh, support at $30, but it breaks $30. It's dropped from, say, $33 to $30, and it breaks through $30. And, uh, you know, you're like, whoa, this is, this, is, this, is, this is it. I have to bail out. Sometimes you don't, because very often, when it's breaking through that $30, it ricochets. Like I say, it's like an elastic band. It just pops right back up. And uh, what you have is little to none of the volume really trading below that. So pay attention to volume. Volume is very important. And in that exaggerated move itself, the volume is very important. But maintain an elastic buffer and uh, allow, allow that buffer as a function of your risk in that stock. And uh, if you do get an opportunity where that stock does breach that price, the buying price, um, you can actually begin to accumulate a position and try and buy the stock in that elastic buffer, which is your ideal buying opportunity. Uh, and believe you me, <laughs> I try it as much as I can. It's so competitive there. So competitive. Um, moving on. Uh, the opposite. Not necessarily the opposite, but majority is. Um, ensure that there's no news on the stock. Um, again, I can't emphasize the importance of this, because uh, you can't tell when the stock is going to get halted, when any additional news is going to come out. Um, and when I say news, I don't mean news just from the company itself. News regarding market makers, upgrades, downgrades, rumors on any chat boards. It is difficult to keep a track of all these stocks, but when you do identify any form of an exaggerated move up or down, first thing you do is you go to the message boards, have a look, you look at the new services that you have available to you, have a look to identify what may have caused this. Is it a rumor? Is it just a sell order or something like that? And when you identify it isn't, and it, it is news that the company has, uh, has disposed, or uh, any, uh, any, any additional news that's come out, stay away. Just stay away. Don't, don't even get involved in it. Um, uh, the profile and the characteristics don't fulfill your criteria. And when I say your criteria, I mean your buying power, your financial risks, etc., your financial goals. You know, you don't want to get involved. If you're trading with $100,000, you don't want to get involved in 500 shares of Juniper. At least I don't. It, it, it's it's too, too much of a high-risk stock to get involved with that level of equity to play with. So keep it relative. 
Um, even though you can buy 100 shares, think about your rewards. Trading is about better money management. If you could buy two or 3,000 shares of a $15 stock that could move a dollar, rather than 100 shares of Juniper that needs to move $9 to make the same on 3,000 shares. You know, keep, keep it realistic. It's, it's much more rewarding. Um, the third one is the, the buying price. If the buying price is penetrated with significant volume and remains below that, that buying price, um, it's within that elastic buffer, like I said, but the volume is significant and it remains below that, stay away from it because it has penetrated. And uh, that's telling you that that no longer is a support price for the stock. Uh, the third one is uh, the market conditions. Uh, you've, you've seen the market conditions in the past month if you've been involved actively in the market or watching it. And uh, it really hasn't been favorable. And uh, so it's, it's, not, it's not very difficult to identify that. But um, it's, you, you have to really look. The don't, don't pay attention to too many analysts because they all have conflicting reports. One feels we're going to bounce, the other doesn't. And then you get into a dilemma yourself. Go with what you feel in your gut and go with what you see on your level two and with what you know as knowledge and information. Um, if the sellers continue to outweigh the buyers, and that's again on level two quotes, you can identify that. Stay away from the stock. Um, uh, during the pre-earning and earning season, and I can't emphasize this more than this warning season that we've gone through and this earning season. Um, in fact, I think it's a great time that they, uh, they got me to get involved here is to emphasize that point in itself. Stay away from position or swing trading during pre-earning season or warning season. Uh, you never know when a company, you can think it's, uh, it's the, the most incredible company out there and yet it comes out with a warning. And it seems like the market just doesn't, uh, doesn't accept the meeting or beating earnings by a penny or two. Uh, it's all about revenues and future growth, etc. It gets more complicated. You don't need to be involved in that complicated picture. Keep it simple, keep it black and white. Just look for the basics. Um, uh, let's see. Um, it's, it's like I say, is, uh, the technicals or fundamentals don't play any role if the stock is selling off, if it, if it has news or if it's trading with significant volume going down. Um, the security is trading out of character and that's another reason why you should stay away. Um, these are just, just the rules that I go by you can feel free to add any rules that fit your criteria or uh, your goals and objectives as you go along. And uh, since I mentioned goals and objectives, it's very important, very, very important you actually define on a piece of paper, not in your mind, on a piece of paper, what your goals, what your objectives are, what your risks are, what your rules of disciplines are, when you're going to get involved, when you're not going to get involved, not just in any day trading scenario, in position trading. It's, it's very, very dangerous if you don't get involved in those rules and, and, and making them and the discipline. Uh, moving on. The uh, disciplines when position trading. Uh, I've mentioned earlier when I mentioned discipline is not just taking your losses when it's a losing trade, but actually keeping your winners winners. Um, taking your profits as you go along. Do not, do not get greedy. It's, uh, it's one thing that uh, in, envelopes a lot of traders and I've seen quite a few traders you know go through a lot of money just getting getting greedy and uh, taking a good winner to a, a terrible loser. Um, accept your losses, move on. That's uh, ego, being stubborn. 
uh, put your ego aside, put your emotion aside. I know it's difficult, but every day I, uh, I, uh, I go to work, I have my coffee, and uh, I think to myself, all right, how am I going to prepare myself to not be emotional during the day? And it's not easy. Um, so psychologically, keep yourself uh, attuned to the environment you're in and the marketplace. Don't let any external factors try and deter you from your goal. Um, I'm sure you've, uh, you've come across a lot of books or psyche stuff, <laughs> as, you've, as you've probably read through. Um, when you are accumulating a, a sizable uh, position, make sure that the uh, security is, again, for the long side, it is trading, uh, trading down. And make sure that uh, there, is, uh, there is momentum on the downside, but not significant volume on that downside. Um, that's important. And if it breaches those, those levels, then get out of the stock. If it breaches that price target, if it breaches that buffer, that elastic, get out of the stock. It's, uh, it's, it's failed. It's, it's what I call the failed sell price um, and the risk barrier. Uh, move on. Don't, don't reestablish. Don't reevaluate. Don't try and recalculate another uh, point of support. Move on to another stock altogether. It, it clears your mind. And uh, I know a lot of traders, I've done it myself in my experience, when you lose in one stock, you try to go back to it to try and fight back and try and make back what you lost. And believe you me, that stock will just keep eating you up alive. So stay away from it. <laughs> um, as I mentioned earlier, set an elastic buffer. Um, the amount you're willing to risk on that downside if the stock does breach your, your buying price target. Um, and uh, along with it, you have your failed sell price, uh, which you'll sell uh, and get out of the stock. Um, that is financial risk. That's how much you're willing to risk on the stock uh, at any given time, given the number of shares you have accumulated in the position. Um, and uh, also, make sure you've established or determined the size that you're willing to take on before you actually begin taking on the position. Um, just, just as a function, so you know your buying power can accommodate that. You're not jumping in with both feet before you begin trading. Uh, and uh, moving on to the next one. There's lots of disciplines, as you see. Um, as I mentioned earlier, don't begin to buy the stock early. Wait till it does hit your price target, because a lot of stocks will entice you. Uh, you may have an exaggerated move before it actually hits your price target. Stay away. Um, Unless you, you, you are experienced and you know you're identifying something more than you have, some more information than you do see yourself. Experience with the stock or the security uh, in, in prior trading days. You know additional information that not just your neighbor uh, doesn't know, but that, that, that'll help you reach out and, and benefit from it. Um, set, set price targets of uh, where you're going to look to get out of the stock when it does go up. Uh, that's your uh, successful sell price, or at least that's what I call it. Um, and keep those price targets very realistic um, and relative to, once again, your financial goals and risks. Um, keep them real. And uh, don't get aggressive and over-aggressive in buying more stocks as it does go up towards that price target. Uh, ideally, you want to have the maximum number of shares or position size when the stock is turning and heading towards your successful sell price. And remember that the market giveth and taketh. If it doesn't meet your price target and the market conditions are turning, look to liquidate some, some sizable position that you do have because the stock can easily go down.
price targets are not set in, in stone, that they have to reach those levels. Um, uh, establish a time frame, whether you'd like to have it done over a number of days or, uh, you know, intraday. Personally, I, I like to, to be out of stocks in three, four day cycles. When I do exceed a three, four day cycle, I begin to get worried. Um, just because the stock is not reacting to what the market has been doing. Although, given the, the, the situation in the market the past few days, if you're involved in a stock at a significant support level that isn't trading lower anymore, beyond that risk price, that you, the, the, the buffer price and the elastic price you've set, then you have an opportunity here that the market's trading down, but it's not trading down. You may be involved in something good there. So when the market does turn around, that may be one of the stocks that does lead the way or, or take off. So keep it all relative. The, uh, I, I know that uh, a lot of you are going to have questions regarding the past month and what's been happening. Um, but it's, it's a unique situation that we've come across. And when I was preparing my materials, etc., I wasn't actually catering for this Friday balance and the, the week we had last week. But uh, I'm just throwing in stuff as, as I've seen it the past week. And I hope you can benefit from that. Um, and do not let greed overcome you. Um, you know, you, you can hold a small portion of the stock beyond that price um, and move on with that. If it does exceed the uh, price target, the successful price rate you set, um, you, can, you, can, uh, you can hold on to a small portion. But don't let greed overcome you whereby you're taking a sizable position and you're, you're risking a lot, a lot of what you just made in the stock. Um, again, that's, that's a discipline. And, uh, uh, the, uh, as, as mentioned at the, at the bottom there, the big note there is uh, keep a winning trade a winning trade. Don't let it, don't let it turn you. Um, that's, that's very important. And uh, believe it or not, even I sometimes today take a winning trade and uh, create a loser out of it. But um, I'm getting better at it. Uh, you, you, really need to, you really need to overcome your ego and, uh, and accept defeat because uh, the market is... It's, It'll eat you up, like I said. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I just thought I'd let that sit there for a second there to let you realize how important that is. Uh, when to identify when to sell. Um, the stock, uh, the market conditions are unfavorable, like I mentioned earlier, to start liquidating your position. Um, if the stock doesn't uh, achieve your, doesn't reach your price target, you can start liquidating there, and market conditions have become very tricky, as have been in the past few days. Uh, you may have been involved in a stock that you picked a, a good support level, and uh, we've had these uh, attempts at bouncing, and uh, you know, not successful up until uh, Friday, and I'm sure you'll have questions why I thought Friday was a successful bounce. Um, <clears throat> but uh, it's, it's, uh, it's really important to, uh, to keep an eye on that, that that market, overall market sentiment. Um, the successful price target being reached, that's, uh, that's it. You know, it hits that price target. If you are involved in a position that, uh, say, you have 2,000, 3,000 shares, whatever it may be, um, of a stock that you have at support and you feel confident about it, and it comes in the next day, it's up beyond your price target. And, uh, you know, you may say to yourself, well, there are two ways of really trading out of that. You can play it against the price target that you have set as your now new support level of the stock, or you can liquidate and uh, take your money and run. There. Uh, either one is, is, 
is a good uh, is a good good rule of thumb. Um, it really doesn't matter which one you pick, as long as you maintain that price target and keep that discipline to sticking by it. Um, unless your your company gets bought out, <laughs> then you don't have a problem, right? Um, and uh, depending on the on the momentum and the the selling pressure um, at the price target as well, often you'll see market makers also go with these price targets. I usually set myself a rule of thumb. If I see an exaggerated move up or down, um, depending on where the exaggerated move began, I may set myself a price target of 50% of that exaggerated move. Or I might say to myself, well, this stock is down. It's a $50 stock. It's down $10. No news, no nothing. I might take on a position at a support level or at a price target I feel is comfortable and uh, walk in and say, well, I'm going to look to sell at $45. And that's my price target, 50%. Anything above is a bonus. Um, and uh, you'll see why that's, that's proved successful. And at times, it, it won't be. And you would have left a lot of money on the table there. But in the long run, you know, you do this 90% uh, of the time, you'll, you'll be safe. Um, and that's, that's really the game here. It's not making a million dollars tomorrow. It's making a million dollars over the next year, two years, whatever it may be your time frame is. Um, no one, whoever's made it in one day has probably lost it in the next day. Um, so, so be wary of that. Uh, okay, let's move on. What's next? Oh, moving on. Same thing. Uh, it bounces successfully and the price target isn't reached. Um, just because the sellers are now outweighing the buyers. And they're stepping in to, to liquidate their positions because they've played the same thing you have. Like I said, it don't, those price targets are not set in stone. So uh, look to liquidate, or at least lighten up your position and take some sort of uh, profit. Uh, and you can, you can play that against where you purchase the stock, that, that support level again, uh, a small portion of that, that stock that you did purchase. So you know, look, look, look to, to, to get out of your stocks, even if the price targets aren't reached because of market conditions or because of unique stock conditions that are, that are di dictating otherwise. Uh, if the stock begins to trade in that elastic buffer over several days, which is what I mentioned, my concern, when I'm involved in a position and this stock is, is just consistently for six or seven days trading in this buffer, um, I tend to get a bit more nervous um, because there's a buyer holding it there and there's a seller holding it there. And its last move was downward. So I'm going with the bet that its next move is probably going to be downward as well. So I begin to lighten up. I may not sell my entire position, but I'll begin to lighten up in the stock. And if it does come out of that elastic buffer towards the upside and break that support price that I looked at, I might build my position up again. But uh, if it does break down and it hits my sell price, I, I, I do get out of the stock. And uh, again, it's a function of, of your, your buying power and how much you have invested. You don't want to be tied down. Uh, having invested, you know, 25-30% in a position and it's tying up that capital for 6, 10 days, 15 days, whatever it may be. That's a long time to have that kind of uh, capital tied up. So, uh, oh, incidentally, personally, I, I know it's probably a question, but um, I probably look at investing a maximum of 25% in any one given uh, position that I'm looking to, uh, to identify. I don't put my eggs in one basket and 25 is being, is being generous. Uh, when you're when you're at a certain level uh, in buying power, that is. Um, uh, can we wait till? Yeah, is that okay? Thank you. Um, 
the, once the risk barrier is breached, then uh, don't, like I mentioned earlier, don't reassess. Don't look to uh, pick up another support level. Move on. There's, there's hundreds of stocks out there. Accept defeat in the stock and, uh, and pick your next stock.